guys, welcome back to Mickey Mike's Up. Thanks for joining me again this week, even if this episode is a few days later than, you know, it normally is. Um, I've decided that the next few weeks as I get adjusted to school, I'm going to be doing an every other week scheduled to post. I hope you guys will continue to listen and, you know, follow, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Um, this episode is going to be strictly about things that happen in the NWSL because it's been a minute since I've focused on them and it's definitely been on brand with how chaotic um, they are, you know. A lot happened, so we're going to discuss that, and with that being said, we're just going to quickly get into the game recaps because we have about two weeks of games to recap, so... Okay, so for this section, we're going to be recapping two weeks of games, except last weekend was all ties, so those are going to be very brief recaps. Um, I promise once I start watching the NWSL games more regularly again, these will become much better updates, but for now, you guys will just have to bear with me. So, the first game... Two weekends ago was Washington Spirit versus North Carolina Courage. Um, that was August 29th for anybody who like wants to figure out what day these games were. Um, in the past, a matchup between these teams would have been an immediate win for the North Carolina. North Carolina has been more than a dominant team the last few seasons. And that's not to say that they aren't anymore, but there has been a large shift with more teams matching each other. And it's become a much tighter competition and... Along with that, North Carolina has lost some key players. Um, Abby Dahlkemper going to the Houston Dash, which I think happened in the last two weeks. So, surprise, Abby Dahlkemper is with the Houston Dash now. Um, Sam Mewis is out injured. You know, they lost um, Kristen Hamilton. And they've had a big shift in their roster. So, it makes sense that, you know, other teams are able to catch up to that because they are gaining these key players um, the game definitely felt more dominated by the Spirit with them getting more shots off. However, of the 22 shots that they took on goal at the goal, only four were on target. And so, yeah, they had a lot more chances to get closer to the box, but they weren't very good scoring opportunities. Meanwhile, the Courage had significantly less shots on goal with um, them having 10. But of the 10, five were on target. So they did have more success when it came to the box. Um Kendall Fletcher, who signed with the Courage in June until the end of the season, made her debut with the team. Uh, the 36-year-old defender is from Cary, North Carolina, so obviously she probably wants to, you know, come to the end of her career in Cary, North Carolina. Um, she played for University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill before she played in the WPS. Uh, she played in Sweden, Australia, and then she played at the Rain for a while. Uh, she subbed in for Merritt Matthias and seemed to hold down that position really well with the Courage team that was playing, and so I hope that we'll see her a little bit more in these next upcoming games. Um, it's also important to be giving the players who have been consistently playing and starting a bit of a rest now that you are coming into the playoff contention spots. Um, overall, nothing major really happened in this game. Didn't shake the standings and it ended 0-0, so that's all that happened there. Um, then we had Gotham versus Orlando. And Gotham has really been through the ringer this season, and if anybody disagrees with me, you're wrong. Um, I mean, they lost their general manager, then their head coach is going to another team, you know, half the squad is injured. There's just a lot going on there. And so this game against Orlando was Freya Coombs' last game as head coach with the club, so obviously there are a lot of mixed feelings about that, you know. It kind of... When they announced that Freya was um, going to Angel City, a lot of people were like, how is she going to coach till the end of the season? She said she was going to give 100%, but from the last few games, it hasn't really seemed that way, and um, this game was no different. 
And so I'm kind of glad that she's leaving now instead of waiting till the end of the season because I think that if she had stuck around to the till the end of the season, it really would have messed with like the team morale even more. Um, the lineup was kind of expected, but the subs seemed lazy and unthoughtful for Gotham. Um, subbing in Evelyn Viennes at like the 88th minute isn't going to really do anything for us, especially when we're down a goal. And it really seemed like, you know, there was no intentions behind what was being done. The fact that Carly Lloyd played a full 90 I, when all she did was yell at her teammates is really frustrating to me because we could have used one, you know, we could have used a draw or a win. And when you are working certain players to the end or taking players off who are finally getting into their rhythm, it's not really going to help you. Um, and so both teams were very physical this game, but there was luckily nothing like major that happened. Um, just I don't even know if there were any yellow cards, honestly, but it was very um, physical. My little sister and my dad were at the game and my sister was texting me updates and she was like, oh, so-and-so's down. Okay, they're back up. And it was really funny to follow along that way. Um, overall, the game was very defensively heavy with Gotham dominating in stats, but they looked a bit weak in some spots. And I think that's just for the purpose of, like, you know, when your midfield isn't really holding as well as they can and the defense is being, like, you know, extremely pressured, it's going to be a bit more difficult to convert and stuff like that and so I understand that you know they're going through a lot they looked a little shaky now we have the next three weeks off so hopefully with a new coach coming in uh which we'll talk about that later it'll help rejuvenate the team um at the end of the day Orlando was able to secure a win with um a beautifully weighted pass was sent right to Erica Timrak and she was right outside the box and she hit it right into the upper left corner uh, Kaylin Sheridan, Gotham's keeper, um, tried to stop it, but, like, the ball was just so perfectly shot on target and in the spot that it was kind of, you know, it was going in. As soon as it left her foot, it was going in. Um, the goal for Timrak was her first this season and also her first since coming back from retirement. She retired in January of 2019 and moved to L.A. to start a new career, but no matter how much she tried to get away from soccer, it was always part of her and she came back. Um, when she came back, she signed with the Pride, and since being with the Orlando Pride, she's been a major role in their midfield, and so it's really exciting to see how she has um, shaped with this team this season, and Orlando's been doing really well, and they have some really awesome players that will be very difficult to decide who to protect during the expansion draft. Now we're going to talk about the Rain versus Portland game, and the matchup between these two teams have always been deemed a rivalry. Um, I think that that idea is coming back a lot more now, but that mentality did seem to drift away for a while because Portland kind of got ahead and Rain lost their footing with a series of like coach coaching changes and players and it just seemed like they were having a rough streak for a while, but the Rain is back and honestly they're better than ever. This team together um, that they have right now is insane. They have players like Sofia Huerta, Jess Fishlock, Bethany Balser, and then a bunch of international stars. And they also have Laura Harvey back as their head coach, and it's really helping the team get into more of a routine. And I feel like they're really finding their footing at the right time for this season. Um, this match was for sure one for the books. They played at Lumen Field, which is in the heart of downtown Seattle, and it's where the um, Seattle Sounders play, who is the MLS team in Seattle, and it's where the um, rain should be playing all the time um, because they play on a baseball field, and that is not 
not where professional athletes should be playing um, if they're not playing baseball. So the NWSL definitely needs to um, fix that. Um, not only did they play there, but they proved that they deserve to be there all the time. Like I just said, they beat Portland's attendance record with over 27,000 fans in attendance for the doubleheader. So Portland and, and the Rain played, and then after that, the Portland Timbers and the Seattle Sounders played. And so it was a big day for that rivalry. Uh, Megan Rapino kicked off the scoring with a goal in the 16th minute, and then she added another at the end of the first half with a penalty in the 40th minute. In stoppage time of the first half, Angela Salem um, put Portland on the scoreboard with a goal, but it wasn't really enough to, you know, secure a win for Portland or even a draw. Portland ended up losing 2-1, to one. Um, obviously because of the rivalry that the teams have. It was quite aggressive with four yellow cards being given out, which is not an NWSL high for yellow cards in a game, but it was definitely intense and emotions were definitely high um, during that. Uh, looking at the stats for the game, Portland definitely should have, you know, scored a bit more because they held possession at 61%, had more shots on goal and shots on target, and if not for the penalty given away, this match could have very easily come out in a tie. Um, after the game, though, it was really fun to see, like, the the feelings around the rivalry because after all the Portland games, uh, they give out roses to whoever scored or whatever, and... So someone brought, I think, Megan Rapino a bunch of roses, and she, like, dropped them on the ground, and Jess Fishlock was, like, you know, playing into that. And it was really fun um, to see the photos and just, like, the energy after that. Um, also, for the rain, some mo- notable differences since Laura Harvey coming, ba- coming back to coach have definitely been Sofia Huerta playing in the right-back position again. So when Sofia um, switched her, you know, citizenship or something... I think that's what it was to um, completely, like, to play for the U.S. Um, They switched her from being a midfielder or a forward. Um, She's labeled as a midfielder on the NWSL website, but I feel like she's one of those people who's played in every position. But they wanted her to play defense, and so she played at right back. She went to Houston playing at that, and then she just stopped getting called up. And so I'm hoping that with her playing at this position again, um, it'll – bring her back into the national team playing pool uh, because NWSL is full of talent and we really need to change some things on the national team and she would be a great addition along with Caprice Didasco, Sydney LaRue. Um, I would love to see Bethany Balser and then obviously like Trinity Rodman, Ashley Sanchez, like a lot of younger players. I think it would be great to see them on the national team soon. Okay, and then the last game that we're going to talk about for this weekend um is Racing Louisville versus the Houston Dash. So this is actually Louisville's first game without their former head coach, Christy Holly. Uh, they looked like a better, more confident team, even if they weren't able to find the win. Uh, the Dash ended up winning 1-0 to with their one goal being scored by Rachel Daly in the 49th minute. Uh, every time the Dash had the ball, they seemed to get shots off or try to score. Uh, while Louisville wasn't as lucky with their attempts, they did get close a few times. These two teams are both very physical, and so there were quite a lot of fouls drawn, as well as five yellows being given out during the course of the match. This game also marked Abby Dahlkemper's first game um, with her new team, so she was traded from North Carolina to 
Houston till the end of the season. And it's kind of seemed like it's a loan, even though loans aren't allowed in the NWSL between teams. And so the situation is a little bit confusing, and both coaches have said that there's more coming to it, but nothing has really been said. But till now, um, Abby's looked really good in their defense and seems to mesh with the team um, pretty well, so it'll be interesting to see how she does moving forward. One thing that has been great to see for Louisville is Jorian back in the starting lineups and getting consistent minutes again, although racing... Hasn't yet announced a new long-term head coach. I do hope that this continues under them because she does make a clear impact in the game and their play. Um, the Dash also had back-to-back games this week because they went on to play the Rain on Wednesday where they lost 1-0. to Bethany Balser scored in the 7th minute and the game stayed pretty stag- stagnant from there. Each team got some shots off but nothing was able to really come from any of it. Um, so that kind of recaps the first weekends of games. So that was the um, 29th of August to September 1st. And now we're going to be talking about the next weekend, which I think if September 1st was Wednesday, it was probably like the third or fourth or something like that. And so not a lot happened because all the games did end in a draw, but um, there still was some stuff going on in the league. So Gotham and Chicago played and it was an incredibly back and forth match where the Gotham defense really needed to show up as usual. Uh, The fact that Chicago didn't come away with a goal is kind of shocking because there were a few instances where it was much too close to the line for anyone's comfort. Gotham had no shots on target the entire game so it was pretty much a defensive game for them. One of the things that I was huge on was the fact that Carly Lloyd played as long as she did. I understand that it's her last season and they want to give her a good send-off and all this kind of stuff, but when nothing is coming from her being on the field except miscommunications and we have a forward like Evelyn Viennes on the bench who is, you know, young and doing really well, why would we not play her more consistently? Um, I think that Evelyn should be starting and Carly should be more of a sub, but obviously I'm not the coach, so I don't get to decide that. This was also the first game where Bev Yanez was present as assistant coach. Um, Becky Tweed took the role of head coach since Scott Parkinson, who was the former assistant coach of the Utah Royals and Chicago Red Stars, was not available due to a prior family commitment. Um, Scott seems like an absolutely amazing addition to the team and has already been incredible in supporting the team, retweeting things on Twitter, posting pictures of the field, saying new home, stuff like that. He seems like such a great guy who will really support his players no matter what. Um, I think that having the next three weeks off and new coaching and front office changes like Yale being in as general manager will get Gotham back into a groove to make the playoff contention. Bev has also played with quite a few players on the team, like Ali Long, and I'm pretty sure she played with Ifyana Manu um, at the Reign, so it'll be great to have someone who not only understands the game from a past player perspective, but also someone who understands the players she's coaching because having played with them. Um, after that, there was Racing Louisville and the Reign, and they tied 1-1. Um, Louisville got ahead with a goal from Nadia Nadim in the 24th minute, and Rain was unable to equalize until the 74th minute when Bethany Balser scored, which made her number one in the golden boot list for the season. Balser has truly been on fire this later half of the season, scoring in almost every game she's played for the Rain in the last few weeks. Nadia has also been amazing for Louisville as both a player and in a leadership position as they're going through a transition phase. Um... As I mentioned earlier, Christy Holly was fired from the organization, and the reason is kind of unknown, but it is rumored that there were some issues between him and players. 
Obviously, player safety comes first, so I am glad that Racing did the right thing by letting him go, especially when some of these accusations being rumored are the same that happened at Sky Blue, which were later proven to be true. Um, Mario Sanchez, who is the head of Soccer Holdings Youth Academy system, will serve as the interim head coach until a permanent hire is made. Sanchez joined Louisville's parent company, Soccer Holdings, in 2019, and so he's been with the organization for a bit of time, and so I think that he'll be good with the team going forward. Next, we had the Orlando Pride versus Houston Dash, um, and this game has been hyped up as a bit of a rivalry since the Mar- Marta and Daily fight a few seasons ago. And then on top of that, both teams debuted space-themed kits this season, so this was obviously going to be intense. It was obviously going to be physical, and we saw that with the amount of fouls drawn, and we also saw that when, unfortunately, Ashlyn Harris went down towards the end of the game, I think it was like the 60-something minute, um, and ended up subbing off as a concussion sub. Last, um, later she was seen wearing a neck brace after coming down, and I'm not really sure what happened, um... Because it did kind of happen fast, but it seemed like she hit her head on the post or hit her head on the ground really hard. Um, Luckily, she did walk off on her own, and so that was really good. Um, And when you have Erin McLeod as your backup keeper, there's not tons to worry about when it comes to holding things down in goal. Um, A few minutes after that, um, Gunny went down, but she was fine too, and so there were... Nothing too bad, but um, it definitely was very physical as a game. Uh, Daly kicked off scoring in the 10th minute, and Orlando was chasing an equalizer the entire game, which they ended up getting in the 74th minute with Taylor Korniak scoring. Um, Prior to the game, the Pride celebrated the fact that Ashlyn now holds the most career saves in the NWCL. And this game was also, I'm pretty sure it was also Allie Krieger's 150th cap for the NWSL, so that is a huge milestone, and it's really exciting to see that. Um, Then we saw Kansas City and North Carolina, and although this game ended 0-0, it started in a very sweet way. Kristen Hamilton, who was recently traded to Kansas City, celebrated her 100th cap in the NWSL. Of those 100 caps, most were played under North Carolina group so it was a bit bittersweet for her to now be celebrating that with Kansas City but she was given a jersey that was half courage half Kansas City and the courage all gathered around to take a photo with her unfortunately her girlfriend Abby Ursig who is captain for the courage was injured and did not travel with the team but um she definitely made sure to show her love and support on social media with all the players posting and sharing things about Kristen Hamilton um It has been great to see Kansas City uh, find a bit better footing at the latter half of the season and hopefully with better coaching next season they can be a real contender because they do have a great team with lots of good players. Um, And along with that, A.D. French was recently traded to Kansas City and has been really holding it down for them in goal. And I think that there's just an adjustment period that they need and they need some more time to work together. But after that, they can be really great. Last week, the Portland Thorns were supposed to play the Washington Spirit. However, that game ended up being postponed. It is still up in the air on if it will be rescheduled or forfeited, but no executive decision has been made, which seems very on brand with the NWSL. The cause of the postponement is due to the Spirit having up to eight unvaccinated players, with I think four testing positive. No um, players' names have been mentioned, but the team did seem to be quarantining in Portland. If you are unvaccinated, you must produce a negative test 48 hours before entering Providence Park. So the team was already there and they were set on playing, but then those four players did test positive. 
Um, I heard that of the four players, one was vaccinated. And so um, it is technically a breakthrough case with the vaccinated player, but that is mostly due to the unvaccinated players. Um, I was kind of shocked to find out that not all the teams have a 100% vaccination rate, um, unless you have a, you know, medical reason or a religious reason to not be vaccinated, but some people are just not vaccinated because they think it's fake, and I think that the NWSL needs to be a lot more transparent about certain things, and that should be one of them. Um, the game between the Washington Spirit and the Rain was forfeited. Um, it was supposed to be played later today, and the forfeit gave the Rain three points and an automatic win because of a FIFA rule. And so now the Portland Thorns players are kind of like, hey, where's our three points? Um, which rightfully so. Um, I do think that that game should end up being forfeited as well. And we'll see what happens. This news comes from the spirit after a load of stuff within the organization has been dropped within the few weeks. And so the spirit is just not having a good go around right now. Now, in talking about the sphere, I am just going to open the door to the mess of what is going on there right now and kind of just what's been going on since the start of the organization. Um, I do just want to throw out a quick warning that some of this stuff is a little bit heavy. I'm not going into crazy detail, but there have been instances where coaches and administration have used slurs as well as instances of sexual harassment. So please just listen to what you're comfortable with. Um, Obviously, your safety is number one, so don't listen forward if you know that something is a trigger for you. Um, Yeah, that's what I have to say before we're going to get into it. Um, So the Washington Spirit were one of the founding teams of the National Women's Soccer League, joining the league under the ownership of local businessman Bill Lynch, and since the start have had a series of controversies. In 2016, owner Bill Lynch refused to play the national anthem when the players were on the field so that Maggie Rapino could not kneel in protest um, with Colin Kaepernick. Bill Lynch also had many homophobic instances, as told by Allie Krieger and Ashlyn Harris in 2019, when they talked about not wanting to be open because the team did not feel like a safe place due to ownership. Um, the team refused to host a Pride Night, and as simple as a Pride Night may seem, it was because of homophobic reasonings in the organization, and obviously was not a completely safe space. Crystal Dunn also said that when coming back to the NWL from Chelsea, she would not go back to the Spirit, and if they still held her rights, she would stay overseas. And as a player under U.S. Soccer, they do have some rules that, like, if U.S. Soccer is funding the NWL, they want their players to be there, and so that could have risked her being on the national team and and, and stuff like that. And so, um, I think that just shows how long certain issues have been going on and just been swept under the rug. Um, a new head coach named Jim Gabara was hired in 2017, but it was not for the better. The team ended up losing a ton and players were verbally abused. Uh, Spirit goalkeeper at the time, Stephanie LeBay, eventually told um, Olympic Canada that Gabara subjected her to constant mental abuse during the season, which eventually led to uh, LeBay being put on medical leave. At some point in late 2018, Lynch sold the majority ownership to Steve Baldwin, though the sale was not publicly announced at the time. In just the last few weeks, Spirit fans have been chanting at games, making signs, and posting online with the hashtag SellTheTeamSteve. The Spirit seemed to be on an uprise with some new hires in 2017, but when they were actually looked into, it was not really for the better. 
Former coach Richie Burke has since been fired due to being verbally abusive to players. He would yell in their faces, having said a multitude of slurs, and should have never been hired in the first place because there was clear information from when he coached youth teams where he would use homophobic slurs at these players. Um, besides the fact that he would just yell in his current player's face, he would make them feel like they couldn't make mistakes and... It was really a bad environment from what some players have said. Um, Not many have come forward about things, but obviously it takes a lot to come forward about something like that. And so obviously it takes time for everybody to do what they're comfortable with and nobody is required to share their story. So um, yeah, we're just going to keep going on. That same year, CEO Larry Best was hired, and him and Steve Baldwin seemed to be moving in the right direction. They offered players housing, new facilities, and the team held their first Pride Night in 2019. They brought in new sponsors and seemed to have a great team forming under semi-decent leadership, but that sentiment is very far out the window now. Um, In December, CEO Michelle Kong joined as an investor and it was eventually revealed that it was for 35% stake in the team and you know, that's a lot. Um, since then, it seems like her and Steve Baldwin have been having arguments about who has more in the team and stuff like that. And so that is also an interesting development um, going on. The team got new investors, including former players like Brianna Scurry and um, some well-known names like Jenna Bush Hager from the Today Show. Um The Spirit also announced IntelliBridge as the front sponsor of their jersey for the remainder of the 2021 season, and they described them as a premier partner to Homeland Security, federal law enforcement, defense, and civilian agency customers who help solve complex technology, intelligence, and mission support challenges. Um, Obviously, the team is located out of Washington, D.C., and so obviously that is where the government is, and, you know... It's bound to happen that a lot of these people are going to have blatant political views and they're going to pair with corporations that have obvious political views. But especially right now when a lot of the players, especially at this club, aren't in the most safe environment, why are you going to bring in, um, you know, a brand that is not known for, you know, doing the best things? Um, They then announced Anson Durant, um, head coach of UNC's women's soccer team as an advisor and he has had multiple instances where he made comments about players in the NWSL um including former players of his and they were not good comments um he has said that he would rather anybody play on the field besides someone he once said that he would physically hurt someone um for being on the field not great things um along with that into he has a lawsuit that was settled um in 2008 from one of his former players for sexual misconduct um and so obviously that is not good the um athletic also posted an article where they said that president of business operations lizzie lindsey barnes parts way with the spirit sources tell the athletic that she participated in the investigation into richie burke and had internally raised concerns about the intellibridge sponsorship Supporters group Spirit Squadron calls the loss of Barnes a complete failure of leadership um, with the ownership group of the Spirit. So, obviously, you know, Spirit supporters are not happy with what's going on at their club. 
And so not only are players upset, but fans are upset and something needs to change soon or else the spirit really does face potentially folding because um, it doesn't seem like the NWSL leadership is going to be stepping in anytime soon, which is what needs to happen Um, because there's a lot more going on with uh, spirit, with the spirit, um, Michelle Kong is apparently being investigated under the NWSL's anti-harassment policy. Ben Olsen was hired and he has ties to um, some conservative things that don't, um, you know, aren't great. Um, As well as owners and their families being blatantly open in their anti-mask and conservative views. And obviously everybody is entitled to their own views, but um, I think that when you are a majority owner in a team you should probably be a bit more cautious about what you and your family are sharing online, especially when it is against the vaccine and mask mandates and the reason your team isn't playing right now is because people aren't getting vaccinated. Um, No current players from the Spirit have come forward to say anything about a large majority of this that's going on right now, which is understandable. They might not be able to, they might not feel comfortable sharing things yet. That's okay. Um, But some former players have said things, so Former spirit player Kaya McCullough, who is a huge inspiration to me and so many others, shared her whole story on her podcast, Unfiltered with Kaya, and everyone should definitely go listen. It It's so important to hear what is actually going on there and what she went through, and I'm really proud of her for sharing her story. Um, also, Joanna Lohman, another former spirit player, has been speaking out on uh, Twitter and overall, the NWSL needs to start listening to their players and fixing shit before it's too late. On a slightly better note, the NWSL did announce the location and time for the NWSL Championship. It will be played at Providence Park, which has since been revealed that they were the only team left when it came to the bid to hold the game. Um, Racing Louisville and Orlando were part of the bid, but dropped out. Um, nobody's sure why, but... Um, Not many people are happy about it being at Providence Park for a few reasons. One, the last two championships have been held at Providence Park. Providence Park is turf, and the kickoff time is also 9 a.m. The 9 a.m. time slot is what was given to them NWSL due to college football also being on during that day. And obviously, like, the NWSL didn't purposely pick a 9 a.m. time slot, but I do think that there could have been a bit more fight at least publicly made, even if it did happen. And, you know, I think that they just need to be a bit more transparent about certain things. And the fact that um, professional women's soccer players are playing their championship at nine in the morning because college football is on later in the day is a bit ridiculous. Um, A men's championship game would never be played at the time or played on turf. So I am glad to see a lot of the women speaking out about it. A big name of someone who has been speaking out a lot lately is Jess Fishlock, and I love her for it. She is not afraid to come onto Twitter and call out shitty roughing or things decided by the league, and as much as I don't want players to have to speak out, I'm glad that they are, so hopefully there will be much needed change soon. Before we wrap up, I just want to talk about the U.S. Women's National Team roster real quick, because they released the roster for their September friendlies. Forward Megan Rapino is not in attendance due to an injury, as well as needing some rest, which, as they should, they've been going nonstop for the past few months, and um, some players definitely deserve a rest. Um, forward Kristen Press, who has been having probably the best year of her career, is also taking a step back for her mental health. 
um, she made an Instagram post where she said that there's been a lot going on the last two years. Um, she's been a professional soccer player for 10 years and, you know, you're go, go, go all the time. And a lot of athletes have been, you know, focusing on their mental health a lot more lately. And I think that that's so important. And so within the last two years, she's had a lot, especially with the passing of her mother and now COVID being isolated, just the state of the world. And she basically said that she needs time to reflect and grieve and just be with family and stuff like that. And so I think that it's absolutely incredible that people are, you know, doing that. And I'm sending her all the best and all the love. Seeing athletes take a stand and be open about their mental health is so incredibly important because it shows others that it's okay to need help and take time for yourself. So props to Kristen, props to Simone Biles, and props to Naomi Osaka because they are really starting a new, um, I don't know, like, just spark of people feeling comfortable being themselves and being authentic and open in new ways. Um, replacing them on the roster is Sophia Smith and Mallory Pugh. Both have been having great seasons, and I'm super excited to see Mal back in the mix after injury sidelined her for a while. And Sophia Smith is one of my favorite players. I absolutely love her, and so I'm really, really excited to see her back um, with the team. Uh, the other forwards are Tobin Heath, Lynn Williams, Alex Morgan, and Carly Lloyd. The rest of the roster is pretty much the same due to it being the post-Olympic matches, but in the midfield we have Andy Sullivan, who is there in place of Sam Mewis, and then Katarina Macario will be there um, since it is a FIFA international break, and so it, it'll be exciting to see her play with the team a bit more, especially since she has been doing incredible with Lyon the past few weeks. Um, I'm pretty sure she scored a brace today, and has assisted and contributed to a lot of goals recently. Alyssa and I are still out with injury, but both her and Sam Mewis will be at camp to rehab and get evaluations on their progress. Um, these games will be take these games will take place September 16th in Cleveland and September 21st in Cincinnati, which is the one I will be at. So I will be there in Cincinnati to watch the team, and I'm so excited to see them play again in person. And I will definitely be recapping it all on here and just you'll probably hear me talk some more about freaking out about seeing Tobin play in person but that's all I really have to say about that um the games are going to be exciting and I do hope that um after the October games when we have a November camp or even January camp we see some newer people in the mix um like I mentioned earlier Caprice Didasco, Bethany Balser, Sydney LaRue, um Trinity Rodman we we need some new people. Even Carson Pickett has been having a great season. And so I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting some some new faces in the mix. Um, so that is all I have to say about the U.S. Women's National Team roster. But um, make sure to watch those games when they're on. Um, one other thing is that Tobin Heath signed a contract with Arsenal. Um, it is... I don't know how long it is exactly because there was a lot of mixed information. Um, I heard that it was a short-term contract, but then people were saying it was two years. Um, I couldn't really tell you how long her contract is exactly, but I know that she is going over to Arsenal after the September friendlies, I think, and then she will be number 77 over there. Um, Tobin has been an Arsenal fan for, like, ever. Um, she's made it known on her Instagram very big fan of them and so she's always talked about how she wanted to um play with them and potentially end her career with them and so it is really exciting that it worked out and that the timing of everything was able to happen and that she can finally play with her dream team um and so now 
Racing Louisville has gotten rid of the rights for Tobin, Heath, and Kristen Press, both of them having new teams now. Um, I'm not really sure if Tobin will ever come back to the NWSL. She might just finish out her career with Arsenal, and that would be really exciting for her. But selfishly, I do hope that she comes back to the NWSL so I can see her play in person a bit more. But we will see what happens with that. Um, Arsenal has had a really good start to their season. I think that they've won both their games so far. So good for them, and I can't wait to see when Tobin's in the mix. Um, thank you so much for tuning into this one. I know it was a little bit content heavy and there was a lot and I also know I haven't been on top of things lately but when I tell you college is such a huge adjustment I have been here for three weeks and I feel like I'm just starting to find my footing with the routine and so I'll eventually figure it out and we'll be back to regular scheduled posting. Um, Some exciting news on the college front though is that I will be doing sports writing for my school as well as working for the women's soccer team on campus and I'm super excited about both of those. Um, and I really think that I'm starting to feel a lot more comfortable here and just more and more excited about what I want to do with my future. And so thank you guys so much for the support, because this is also part of the reason why I'm so confident about what I want to do in my future. So thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow, share, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Mickey underscore Alfano and Mickey dot Alfano. And I will see you in two weeks for a new one. Thanks again. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.